Welcome to the C3 Church Coffs Harbour podcast. We're glad you're here. We pray that you'll be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Let's put our hands together for the band. Fantastic, guys. Wow. Really impressed. And uh, you may be seated. And as uh, Pastor Justin was talking about last night, it was just such a great night. And this month, obviously, is my stories about people's stories and, and life. And I believe last week, um, Dana, you were on last week. Come down here. Come on. And David, was David here? Is David here as well? Is David here today? David, sorry, he's just busily doing something there. Wonderful. So, good to see you, David. Thank you very much. Yes, I know you're looking after things down the back. Hey, come on. Stand over here. Stand over here. I love that. And just to... As Pastor Justin, as most of you will be aware of, that this month was like, it's the My Story month about what your life's about. And um, always understand that uh, our stories, um, when touched by His power, releases our purpose. And if we can give God that opportunity to do that, and it's not always the good times that lead us to that place of release or being touched by God's power. And this morning, I want to walk through the journey in some ways of, the journey of faith or the story of faith. But when I, I was, this morning I was just thinking about, this morning I was out just sitting there meditating and I was looking at the scripture and it kept coming to me. I just simply felt like the Lord said, don't miss out on the two that have gone before you. And that's obviously you two, which they have done a brilliant job, right? Great stories. I've already, I'm already up to date about your stories, okay, partially. Um, and I believe, David, you started off, and it was more on the basis of reconciliation, like a, a journey of reconciliation between yourself and your father, etc. Yes. And then from that, you've learned from that um, probably uh, a story of pain, of possibly rejection or not really finding your place, thinking, I want to start a new generation. I want to do something different. I don't want to, what I've gone through to be handed on to another generation. So to your son, you've been very intentional about the story of pain, to transform it into an opportunity of purpose, releasing to your son. Brilliant. And Dana, I believe, a little bit of your story, you know, grew up in a challenging environment, family environment, I think the loss of your father along the way as well. And again, painful moments. But in there, a lot of the pain that we encounter in our journey in Christ leads us to a place and a position in life. For Julie and I, Julie grew up in a very dysfunctional, very abusive, very violent home environment. Uh, her mother committed suicide when she was young. She was moved from house to, to places to, to grow up. And then at the age of 15, father said, that's it. Get out of here. See you later. God bless you. Have a great life. So that was her journey. Her moment of pain put in her life through her situation of challenge and struggle led her to a place of going, I want to... There's got to be more to life than what I've been through. So pain can lead us to a position where we can, again, looking for our purpose, find him who is the purpose giver for all, who is Jesus. For me, I, 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 my home was okay. It was, it was okay. It wasn't there. But I was somewhat of a bit of a rat bag of a child, um, slightly out of control. And uh, what happened with me is that I wasn't looking for God. I didn't really need to get too many things under control. My life was already out of control. 
And my story was that Jesus rocks up when I'm doing LSD, had been for three days up at King's Cross in the red light district of Sydney at 4 a.m. on the 4th of February 1976. And he jumped into my trip and gave me a revelation that he was the way and the only way forward. And if I hadn't changed my ways, I would have not been here today, I can assure you, would not probably have lived through that moment. My four friends who were in the combi at that time as well, uh, by the age of 38, they had all passed away and were all dead. I'm glad that my moment, my story, that in a moment God never gave up on me, but it wasn't because of what I had gone through, it was because my sister had never given up praying for me. Whether it's pain or prayer, it can lead to purpose. But it can't go to purpose unless you find the person who gives the purpose giver, and that is Jesus himself. Our pain can lead us to the knowledge and the relationship with him, which then positions us to release our purpose. But then it gives us the greatest opportunity to release our faith, which is what I want to talk about today, is releasing our faith. Your journey, your pain, your challenges. May I say for you, David, it's simply that what you have walked through is that You have positioned yourself powerfully that your voice will be you and your family shall be not just a story, it shall be an opportunity to impact the lives of so many other people because of your story. And God says for that which he has begun, the story in which you walk, which led you to a place and a purpose and a position in life, that you shall reconcile the lives of where fathers have seen the breakdown of relationship between sons and daughters. And it's not just because of your story, because of your pain of your story has been touched by his power, which releases their purpose through your words. And Dana, freedom is in your story. You will bring freedom to people who have been bowed because of the loss and the inability to reconcile or bring understanding to the why. But your testimony and story shall bring freedom to people well beyond your imagination of what will happen because your story will touch their life, releasing their story into their purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well done. Thank you, team. I love the stories that we all have a story, right? Has anyone here not got a story? Hello, you're alive. If you weren't alive or you hadn't been born yet, well, obviously you don't have a story. As soon as you come into the, into the world, you have a story. Your story begins. And for a lot of us, maybe, I don't know, a lot of us collectively are here today because our story has led us, as I said, maybe because of pain or maybe through the power of prayer of another have led you to this place that you had an encounter with someone who gave his life to saying, I saw this moment. I saw you in this position. I saw you today. You see, Jesus uses our story, whether it's the pain of story, the tragedy of our story, the things which happen in our life to lead us to a place so that he can empower the possibility and release our purpose. That's ultimately why we're here today. We all have a story, correct? Who has a story? Please raise your hand if you have a story. Every hand in the place. Thank you very much. We all have a story. And again, if you re- go in the Word of God, there's so many stories in the Word of God in which we, you could look at to, to see the stories. And the Bible isn't a, lot of, a book of just how-to. If you do this and you do that, you'll get that result. If you do this, 
it's filled, and you read the Gospels, it's filled with stories. It's all about stories. And stories are helpful for us because guess what? We actually see our future more because someone is willing to paint a picture with a story to show us the way forward. And God knows us more than we, better than we know ourselves. So there's so many stories, and this morning I want to talk to you about an incredible story, and it is the story of faith. Our pain leads us to a place and a position where we can have an encounter with Jesus, where Jesus steps into our life. As I said, for me, Jesus stepped into my life when I wasn't looking for him, when I'm doing LSD for a number of days, and he rocks up into my trip. I'm not looking for him. But someone had seen my story, my sister, and thought, if I don't pray for my younger brother, he probably is not going to be on the planet much longer. She intervened in my story by praying. Don't ever give up on praying for people. Never give up. Irrespective of what you're seeing, your prayers are the things in which releases God's power to then release our purpose. Stories are an important part of our life. And again, there are so many stories in the Word of God, but a story I want to walk through with you here this morning is a story which comes out of Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through to 42. It's a wonderful story because it's a story about a woman who for 12 years had suffered because from her body, for 12 years, she was hemorrhaging. For 12 years, she lived a life. She had a life, but because of her hemorrhaging from her body, she was, according to religious position and culture, unclean. You could not really socialize with people. She had a life, and then that life was taken from her because of her condition, which then ostracized her and removed her from life. It says, as you read it yourself, and you can read the stories later on, that she, for 12 years, was seeking help. Yet for 12 years, her condition just grew worse. She tried everything, and it said everything she tried came to nothing. She had spent everything, yet she still didn't get the results she was looking for. She wanted to be whole. Her story was a story which was leading her to a moment in time which would lead her to an encounter with Jesus who then releases her possibility and her purpose. A woman who may have had much but now has little, ostracized, an outcast in society, living alone, isolated. And in this story, it's amazing, for 12 years she lived like this. In this story, as you read it, and it's fascinating, as we read this, there is a gentleman by the name of Jairus, who is well respected in his community, a man well respected amongst the religious community, amongst the social community, amongst the business community, a man well respected. He had everything. There was nothing he didn't have. Yet in a moment of time, his story was this, that 12 years earlier, the same time that this woman basically started to follow her journey of pain, of sorrow, of being ostracized in life, being removed, at the beginning of that journey, life came into Jairus' home. It was a beautiful little girl came into his world. Wonderful, the mother and Jairus, of course, celebrated with all their family and friends because of the birth. Life came. We're over here. Life 
was slowly slipping away in the life of another. Fascinating that for 12 years, everything in Jairus' world was, couldn't be better. But 12 years over here, a woman's life was slipping through her fingers day by day. For 12 years, Jairus' home celebrated until one day on the journey of that little girl, on the journey of Jairus' life, in the story of Jairus' family, something happens. In a moment of time, unexpected, suddenly her life is on the edge of being taken from her. Jairus in his desperation, having all the service, having all financial ability, having all social connection, all business, all medical relationship was desperate. His story led him out of his desperation to an encounter with Jesus. You see, people give up on life when they try everything and there is no answer. Let me tell you, there is always an answer in this life. If people will come to the simple understanding that Jesus is the bringer of life and the restorer of life. A woman, a woman over here is suffering. A man over here is suffering. Their need is great. Fascinating that in this scripture, amazing that in Mark, there is two stories intertwined into one story. Nowhere else in the Gospels does this appear. But in this story, two stories become one story. Incredible. And isn't it fascinating that again, and this is the beauty and the incredible structure of the Word of God, how God has constructed it in itself, that he saw within this not a story but a reality not just a story made up, no, a reality of a real life, of real pain, of real grief, of real need. This woman had suffered for 12 years, and this young girl at the age of 12 now was on the brink of losing her life. Two stories intertwined in one. Nowhere else in the gospel does it appear. Fascinating is simply the little girl is 12 years of age, and the woman has been suffering for 12 years fascinating the bible uses the number 12 regularly 12 disciples 12 sons of jacob 12 tribes of israel 12 is a common and prominent number in the bible why because 12 is the perfected number of faith 12 is symbolic of the ultimate authority and power of god given to those who are wanting to use such power Fascinating. The Word of God has been constructed simply to give us a position that we can stand upon a place and a position of authority and power to move forward from our pain into our purpose. Incredible story. In this story, we see a man in great need coming and he's tried everything, but in his final moment of desperation, you see, he's a ruler in the synagogue. Remember this, everyone in the synagogue wanted nothing to do with Jesus. He was a rebel. He was someone unsettling the religious structure of society. Jairus had been around all of these people, religious leaders, Pharisees, Sadducees, all of these religious men, and they had said, this man is a troublemaker. Can I tell you? 
people will seek out anyone at the end if there is no other answer and they have heard that there could be an answer. You will do anything in this life to find an answer if who you love or what you love is slipping from your relationship, your grip, your future. He was desperate. Why is he desperate? His need was great. Why is the woman's situation hanging in the balance of life and death? Because her life was slipping from her. The moment of challenge in your life, your past, your story. For Dana, for for David, and so many of us here, can I tell you, is that your pain is probably something which has led you, and for most of us, to a place of saying, Jesus, can you help me? I don't have any other options. Jairus comes and throws himself at the feet of Jesus. The very act of throwing yourself at the feet of a person was simply acknowledgement that he's not a good man, but he is God. Not a good teacher, but God. Your desperation a moment may throw you at the very feet or the moment of challenge of accepting or acknowledging that there is a God. Your pain may lead you to a position where you have a power moment which releases your purpose. Here Jairus comes, throws himself at the feet of Jesus. And at that moment, and I love this, that the story of faith itself, the story of faith always starts with somebody making a declaration of what will be. You see, faith story starts with a declaration. Who here has ever made a declaration? I will be healed. This will happen. Has anyone made those sort of declarations in the past? Who in the past have actually made those declarations yet not seen those things come to pass? Hello? Hello? Where do you stand upon those declarations? At the close of this service, I'd love to challenge every single one of you. I really want to challenge you possibly about the things you have been believing for, yet you have not seen them come to pass yet. Picking them up again. What I felt this morning was simply this. People's journey... People's stories will lead them to a place and a position again of saying, you know what, I had been believing, yet I have not seen. But I'm going to pick up again and I'm going to start believing and standing on God's word that my God can. Your situation may not be as desperate as Jairus or this woman with the issue of blood. But can I tell you, irrespective of your situation, God is always waiting for, for us to approach him by faith. The story of faith. It starts with the declaration. You see, Jairus says in his declaration, Jesus, if you just come, you just come to my home and you lay hands on her, she will be healed. The woman says, if I can just touch his garment, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will. That's a declaration. I will. Not, oh, it might be. I'm not sure. That never releases God's power. When you are desperate enough, and sometimes the challenges and tragedies in our life creates a desperation on the inside of us to simply say, God, my God, I'm desperate. God, please, no, you can. You have stated, and I have seen it. The declaration of faith is something we have to ignite again on the inside, and it takes your faith. 
Jesus is just waiting for you to arrive at that place. Are you willing to say, this shall come to pass? Our story begins, and the story of faith begins when there is a declaration which comes from your mouth declaring what will be, not what currently is. The second thing that happens in the journey of faith, as Jairus approaches, Jesus says, come and lay hands on her. Does Jesus go, oh, excuse me, just wait a minute, Jairus. Um, hey, boys, can you look at the calendar? I don't know what we've got on in the next couple of days. Do you, do you think we can fit Jairus in? You read the Bible. You read these verses of Scripture. There is no dialogue at all concerning Jesus going, let me just, wait a minute, Jairus, let me just check the calendar, the schedule. Jairus says, will you come? And it doesn't say whether Jesus had any conversation, but he started his journey towards Jairus' house to bring the answer. The beginning of the answer had started when Jesus started walking towards Jairus' home. Not because Jesus said yes or no. Can I tell you? So often we're looking for a word, a word from God, even a prophetic word. Will God, you, will you, will you, God, tell me, speak to me? He doesn't give you a word. You just have to sense and believe he's walking to your position of bringing your miracle, your healing, your reconciliation, your release. You have to believe. Jairus says, but Jesus, will you come? I know you're walking, but are you walking to my home? He goes, no, I've asked him. Jesus is walking that way. He didn't know. He could have been walking. He could have been walking down the beach to get a coffee. Jairus didn't know, but he started walking. He had to believe that the movement he was seeing, not hearing, seeing that Jesus was walking with him to his destination. Jesus asked, sorry, Jairus asked, Jesus responded. Not by word, but by action. Do you believe that? When you pray, is Jesus at that moment actively walking? towards your story, your outcome, your future, your purpose? Is he walking towards that? It starts with a declaration. It starts, and I love this, along the journey, and who's ever experienced this? Along the journey, as Jesus is heading off, oh, we've got traction, he's moving. He gets distracted. Two stories in one. He gets distracted. Jesus is walking along, then suddenly he stops. Now he enters into another conversation, and it's involving the second story of the woman who has an issue of blood. And in this story, fascinating, what does Jairus do? He says nothing. When Jesus started moving towards his home, knowing his daughter was on the brink of death, Jairus believed the action that what Jesus started, he would complete. Remember this, Philippians 1 verse 6. Being confident of this, that the good work the Lord has begun in you, has started, he will bring it to completion. What about you? What have you believed for that you've gone, well, just hasn't, doesn't seem like God is doing anything. Remember this statement. God does far more behind your back than ever in front of your face. God is actively moving. Why? By your faith. Faith story needs your declaration. Faith story now moves from declaration into, as the woman comes up, if I just touch his garment, I will be healed. Jairus says, Jesus, if you just lay hands on my daughter, 
she will be healed. Two different approaches. Can I tell you, we think that so often when there is the man of God or the minister or the pastor, the way we bring healing, the way we bring resolve or we, we change someone's life is that the man of God shall lay hands on somebody. Can I tell you? When Jesus stepped into your life, he stepped into your life, not just my life, not Pastor Justin's life, Pastor Ann, he stepped into our life. And so often we want somebody to bring the healing, somebody to bring the answer. Can I tell you? That is one way. Thank you very much. You may be seated. There is a declaration, but then there is a touch. Faith outworking in our life is by a touch, yes. And I've heard people, and I've gone to churches over the years ago, well, Pastor Greg, we're so excited. We've got this great healing evangelist coming through in seven years. I go, wow, that's exciting. Yeah, we're even praying and believing now. We're pumped for that. I go, great. So what are you doing? Oh, we're just praying for seven years, believing. And I think, crumbs, I could be dead in seven years. <laughs> Waiting for him to come up, I may not be on the planet. I'm sorry, that's one way. I don't want to get stuck waiting for someone who's going to take that long to arrive. And so often we're waiting for that person with the gift or the ability. Every single one of you, when Jesus stepped into your life, he stepped into your life. Not just my life. He stepped into our life. Individually. He stepped into our life. When you pray, things happen. When you pray, you create stories or an opportunity for a story in the life of another and also in your life. There is the touch of faith, which is the woman's approach wasn't lay hands on me and I will get healed. She says, if I just touch his garment. Fascinating. You see that word garment there means covering. It also means presence. If I just touch his presence if you are following carefully what I'm saying you will realize we acknowledge again that senior pastors and ministers have been given a position to lead to guide they have a relationship with God they're the man and woman of God but we're all men and women of God and when Jesus steps into your life you can pray a prayer for another person someone sitting to your right someone sitting to your left you could pray a prayer and guess what God's power can travel into their life and release their purpose because of your prayer. Not just the visiting evangelists, the senior pastors or the leadership team, your prayer. When Jesus steps into your life, he steps in the completeness of your life and your future. She says, if I just touch his presence. You know, we had some great worship before, right? Nice worship. I really enjoyed it. Great. Thank you very much. Great worship. But in that moment, instead of waiting for a word from Pastor Greg, Instead of like, I hope he prays for me and I've got this issue in my body to get healed. You could actually touch his garment by lifting your hands and going, I am healed. Thank you, Jesus, for reconciling my marriage, my family. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my brother, for my sister. We could actually release his God power in his presence. Not because everybody else is doing it for us. And can I tell you, your story is more about empowering you not just listening to other people's story, but acknowledging when Jesus steps into your story, he empowers you for your purpose 
and their purpose as well. The story of faith starts with a declaration. It moves from a declaration to a a touch. And then the story must walk the path of perseverance. It's the push of faith. Why? Well, I went on the altar a couple of times. Pastor prayed with me three times. Nothing happened. Guess that's the end of that. Went out there. I got a word a couple of years ago. Nothing. Nothing's changed. Isn't that fascinating how we put these time limits? And suddenly we restrict God because it didn't happen in our time frame, in our number. We've adopted that. I went on the altar three times, the look all three times. Wouldn't be a sad day to get to heaven and you arrive in heaven and the Lord goes, Hey, Greg, so good to see you. Whew, man, a bit concerned along the way, but you made it. Because that's how he's going to say for most of us. I was a bit concerned because you got here. And you get there and as you arrive there, he goes, So good, so good to have you here. So good. You go, Yes, I'm loving this already. I just got a couple of questions before we go any further. Do you mind me, Lord, just asking you a couple of questions? Yeah, fire away, Greg. You know, I was really believing, and he goes, oh, yes, about this situation. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. I prayed that quite a few times. Yeah, you did, 139 times. Wow, that was pretty impressive. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Prayed that 139 times. Uh, Can I just ask you for a brief moment why it didn't happen? I said, simple, 141. Wouldn't that be a shocker? You missed it because of four little prayers or pushes forward. Wouldn't, be that, wouldn't that be sad? How often have we pushed to our position, stopped, and we've missed the opportunity that lay before us because we chose not to give up? The push, the story of faith is that it pushes well beyond our understanding and pushes beyond irrespective of circumstance and time to go, I don't understand, but I'm pushing on. Imagine how Jairus is feeling right now. My daughter's dying. She's there, and you're asking, who touched me? How would you be feeling right now? Are you kidding me, Jesus? You, you were moving towards I'm believing, I threw myself at your feet that you would be. And what are you doing? Who touched me? Everybody's touching you. He doesn't say anything. Read scripture. When Jesus made a move and started his journey, Jairus had to believe and stand firmly, irrespective of how long it was taking, that Jesus would go and would bring the answer and bring healing to his daughter. Not only at that moment, just put yourself in some of these people's life. We read scripture and we don't see the story that is being unfolded. How is Jairus feeling? Slightly frustrated. Now it says, and word comes to him from his home. Don't worry the master anymore. Unfortunately, Jairus, we're sorry, your little daughter has died. How would have you responded in that moment? Jesus started out, then he stops. He gets caught up in some other people's business and your daughter is now dead. How are you feeling? You see, these are stories which have real emotion, which have real pain attached because we're trying to 
work out what is Jesus doing in all of this. Now, that's death. Life has gone. Here is a woman over here who says, I just, if I just touch his garment at that moment, what does she do? She said, if I can just touch his garment. You see, this woman had to push through a number of factors as well. Number one, religiously, it says, Deuteronomy says, you can't even be near other people. What are you doing here? You are unclean. She had to break through her own mental barriers. Her own story was being impacted by culture, by religion, saying you shouldn't be here. She said, no, I want to be healed. How desperate are you? How desperate are you to see God move in your world, to maybe bring a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, to come, a son, a daughter, come to Christ? How desperate are you? But I've been praying. How many times? 137. Never, ever give up. She had to push through. She shouldn't be there, but I want my healing. How desperate are you? Their story is our story. How desperate are you to see God move in your situation, in your life? Dana stepped out, stepped in, and God intervened. Whether someone was praying or her positional desperation, whatever it may be, Jesus stepped into her world and has now empowered her to bring purpose to other people's life. But if she hadn't have been present, hadn't have been in that position, others will miss out. But she has been and she will be used powerfully by the Lord because of her position in which she now holds and believing that I will and God can. Faith's story is in every single one of it, if we release it. The woman has to push through cultural barriers. She has to push through people who are getting in the way. I can tell you, a lot of people in church get in the way. You know, you've been, I mean, Greg, you shouldn't be praying. I mean, come on, how long have you been praying? Hello, we're on the same team here. And we're not actually backing one another, believing God, that God will do things. If you read Psalm 133, it talks about unity, Correct. And the power of unity, but the reality is the power of unity does need something far more, something greater. It needs agreement. And can I tell you, don't let people stand on their own. Let people be released because of the power and opportunity that you push through. She pushes through the opinion, the religious opinion of others. She pushes through people getting in the way, but she gets her healing. Why? Because she was believing and letting her story and her need not stand in the way of releasing his power and her purpose. She pushed through. Jairus, waiting patiently. I draw this to a close. We all have a story, and Jairus' story is still being unpackaged. Jairus asks Jesus to come. Jesus doesn't say, I'm coming. He just saw him moving. He had to believe that Jesus' movement was that he was moving towards his home, not to the local coffee shop. How about you? As Jesus, have you sensed or felt or believed, maybe you have a word, maybe you've prayed a prayer and believed like, God will, but I haven't seen it. Maybe you need to pick up that declaration again and believe God. Release the story and the opportunity 
simply by believing God, trusting God again, picking up that declaration. What have you put down? You need to pick it up again. You need to pick it up again. Your family and your greater family will be impacted by the power of your prayers in which you have prayed, in which you will continue to pray, in which you shall again pick up and not look at how they respond to your faith or your position. But you are to believe that which you began. When you felt and sensed Jesus moving towards and bringing the answer, yet time has been a delay. Do not let time interfere for the purpose in which he started to move towards their life. And watch what he does. Jesus arrives at Jairus' home. He arrives there on everybody. Unfortunately, this does happen in church. It says, you know, mourn with those who mourn, laugh with those who laugh. We understand that. But sometimes all of our faith is lacking. I think why we do a month of my stories is simply to remind us that my God, our God, can. We don't do, oh, that's such a sad story. Oh, I want to hear these stories. I'll listen to these stories. Dave's, Dana, all of our stories, they're there to inspire one another to believe God, that my God, he can, and what he starts, he intends to finish. What about you? How's your story working out right now? Where is your story? There are so many people who need to hear your story, hear the outworking of your story. Do not keep your story restricted within your life. Do not allow your story to be held back from those that hear they need to hear what you have to offer. But who am I, Lord? You are far more to him than you realize. And the day you stop underestimating the value of your life will be the day that you realize what he has done for you and will continue to do in your journey and your story and your walk with him. It's just beginning. He arrives at the home, and as he arrives at the home of Jairus, people are there, they're mourning, they're crying, they're wailing. And then Jesus says, no, she only sleeps. Then they laughed. Unfortunately, the church has lost its declaration, has lost its push, has lost its belief. If I just touch him, I will get healed. It shall happen. What about you? I love stories. But the story this morning is challenging you about the possibility of your story having a greater outcome because your story can impact the lives of other people's stories. Why? Because Jesus stepped into your world. He brought the answer and the power to release the purpose for every single one of us. Jesus walks into the room. You see, the church should be like this. It's not always. But I love, and even with the leaders last night and the team, I love the sense of faith in that room. I love the sense of faith in this room this morning. But I think this faith can step up. Believe again. And faith builds 
where people are willing to believe again, to trust God. Maybe I have not seen, but I'm still going to believe. And watch what God will do simply by believing again. Watch what he does. Jesus has to do one thing. I close with this. He had to remove all the people out of that place who were going through the motions of church. He calls in the mother and the father. Why? Because they are desperate to see their little girl healed and life to come back into her body. How desperate are you? You see, nothing will change if nothing changes. You have to be desperate to believe that my God can. And when he started moving towards my healing or my uncle or my auntie or my friend's healing, I believed as soon as he started, as soon as I prayed, he heard. And I'm believing that he's going to bring healing. He's going to restore. He's going to reconcile. He's going to do a miracle. I shared with Pastor Justin a number of years ago, I had the honor to go and privilege to travel to many countries around the world and to various churches. And I went to Vietnam and north of Hanoi. I was invited to go and do a, a meeting up there and there was a small group of people, maybe about 80 or 90 people have got together. The pastor told me this story. There's an incredible story of a woman who back in the 70s, the end of the Vietnam War, fell in love with a soldier who had been traveling through that region, an American. They fell in love. She fell pregnant. And then he went back to America, left alone, without family. She had to raise her daughter alone, financially with very little, trying to get from day to day, surviving from day to day. Then a small group of people found her they heard of her situation a desperate single mother barely getting by in life they brought her in to this little small church of 30 or 40 people and for years they stood with her helped her provided there was not huge amounts of money and to splash around but where there was enough they would provide and they would give They believed. They stood. And a scripture they would constantly say, a scripture they would constantly speak of, was that our God can. Our God is a God of the miraculous. She heard that. She stood on that. For 30 years, she would go to the house of God. Believing, struggling, getting through. That church never changed its position or its place or its belief that our God can. Little girl grows up. She's in church. She loves God. She loves the community, loves her family. She reaches out beyond into the lives of other people, less fortunate than herself. Then a Canadian young man comes, and as he comes, they fall in love. She just falls in a moment of time, in a moment of passion, she falls. She falls pregnant to him. 
on hearing that she is pregnant, the young man leaves and goes back to Canada. Life repeating the same old cycle one more time. The mother, the daughter feeling the shame and the guilt of what had transpired and what took place. The little church did not cast judgment. The little church acknowledged what had happened. There was repentance. There was forgiveness. But there was faith and there was belief that our God can, irrespective of the situations that we face. The day came that the child was born and life was given. A celebration of the newborn child came into the world through challenging situations, but through forgiveness, through acceptance. But then they hear the news from the doctor, said your little girl is a healthy little girl. Yet unfortunately, she has no pupils. She will never see because she has no ability to see. She has not been born with pupils. She cannot see. The mother and the daughter are shattered and broken by that story, by that moment, by that information. The church rally around her. They cry, they weep, they mourn. Yet, they go back to the words of Jesus. Healing. As the words were given to the woman. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. They stand, they believe, they trust God. They stand and hold their position of belief that our God can. Life continues on. Then a gentleman, bald head and quite good looking, comes to a small community. <laughs> they have a meeting with a church with a number of people who gather together and he preaches. He prays for people. Things are happening. People are getting healed. Unbeknownst to him, a mother and her daughter with her daughter come onto the altar. They stand on this altar. He prays for them that God's power and miraculous power will bring health, not knowing, not seeing, unknown what needed to take place. They return home. They had heard some of the testimonies and the stories of how people's bodies had been touched by God's power. That little church celebrated because of the wonderful things that God had done in that meeting that night. They had believed that God is a God of the miraculous, that God never gives up because of our stories and our past. He was always present and wanting to do something if we would just hold our position and believe. They return home, unbeknownst to the pastor or to the gentleman who speaks that evening. They go home and their little daughter is still unable to, be, to see. They go home, they return. Again, believing, believing that God could, for our God can, yet nothing changed. Then the next morning, as they wake up to continue on their morning prayers, their morning belief, their morning trusting God, believing that God is with them, pushing through, pushing on, 
Her mother walks into her bedroom and there is a little five-year-old daughter. She has a sheet in her hand. She's holding the sheet and she's looking down. For most time when a daughter would be playing with something and her head would be raised and not looking because she had no sight to be able to look. But for some reason, she was looking down at the sheet. It looked like she was looking at the sheet. She got down on her knees and as she got down on her knees and looked into her eyes and then she looked into the eyes of a daughter who then had two pupils and could see perfectly. It was not because of the good-looking, bold man who came to town. It was because that little church for 40-something years had never given up on believing that their God could. What about you? What about you? People need your prayers. Are you going to pick up those prayers again and believe that God can? You need healing to your body. You need a relationship to be reconciled. You need God to intervene. Let me tell you, your God can. According to your faith, let it be done unto you today. Amen, church. Thanks for tuning in to the C3CH podcast. We trust this week's message inspired and encouraged you. We hope to see you in one of our services soon. For more information on C3 Church Coffs Harbour, visit www.c3ch.com.